Convenience and simplicity is the height of popular American culture, as the stereotype more than suggests. And although many kinds of foods might help shape that perception, none does more than mac and cheese. The simplicity of a delicious meal ready in 10 minutes, all in one pan, or a culinary delight for the senses that go for outrageous prices, no matter what, mac and cheese represents simplicity and convenience. How has it changed over time? Has simplicity blocked its full potential? But more importantly, does it have a new evolution in the future? Welcome to Spoonable Standpoint, the podcast where your hosts Leo and Charlene dig into food culture. In this episode, we'll be discussing how mac and cheese has evolved and become the American phenomenon it is today and where it might go in the future. For the past nearly 90 years, box mac and cheese has sustained many recessions and booms, and the gourmet stuff has taken over hipster culture. But has it been hindered by convenience and simplicity? Can it evolve further? Should it? But first, how did mac and cheese come to be? Mac and cheese has always delighted our taste buds and made us question whether or not there should be any other food. But when we eat it, we have little to no regard for its strange but triumphant history. So, where did this concoction of the two most delicious foods, pasta and cheese, come from? Although most foods don't have a set year they were created, some recipes for those foods can be easily found. Although some people before this probably made mac and cheese, the first notable recipe for mac and cheese was in Liber der Coquina, a Latin cookbook written anonymously. Even though it was the first recipe, it wasn't what we know it as today. The recipe was called De Lasagnas, and as the name suggested, it was more of a lasagna. The ancestor of mac and cheese was layers and layers of cheese, pasta, cheese, pasta, cheese, and, you guessed it, pasta. This form evolved over the years and variations around Europe would become popular, especially in Northern Europe, where in the mid-1700s, the familiar form began to emerge. It not only emerged, but grabbed the attention of Thomas Jefferson, who brought macaroni to America, supposedly. To hear more about this, listen to our previous episode about pasta shapes and their history. Once it came to America, it spread quickly among the upper classes. So much so that in 1824, Mary Rudolph, one of Thomas Jefferson's cousins, put a recipe for mac and cheese in her cookbook called The Virginia Housewife. But her recipe is not what sparked the massive mac and cheese movement that has crescendoed into hundreds of different mix-ins for any palate. This would not come until the Great Depression. In 1937, Kraft Foods created and released Kraft Mac and Cheese. Not only was it delicious, but it was also affordable. For only 20 cents, a box could feed a family of four, which meant that mac and cheese became accessible to everyone. It was outrageously popular, and Kraft sold 8 million boxes in the first year, which amounted to about $30 million worth of boxes with today's inflation. With the end of the Great Depression and the beginning of World War II, the sales did not stop. Due to rationing of butter, sugar, meat, and sweet goods during World War II, many Americans turned to Kraft Mac and Cheese as how they would get that craving fix. During this time, it became engraved in American culture 
and the blue box phenomenon continues until today. Although Kraft's blue box mac and cheese became popular, there were still a few drawbacks to it. First, although it was cheap and affordable, it wasn't fully shelf-stable since the cheese did go bad, albeit slower than normal. It wasn't until 1978, where Kraft came out with Velveeta shells and cheese, that they were able to make a fully shelf-stable product. Although Velveeta was under Kraft's umbrella of companies since the 1930s, they mostly released the processed blocks of cheese. So this was something new for the cheese line, but not for Kraft, since Blue Box was already an icon. Over time, more companies would release their forms of box mac and cheese, like Annie's, which released their popular mac and cheese in 1989, which is supposed to be more natural than Kraft. But have these box mac and cheeses blocked our perception of what mac and cheese is capable of? Or have they somehow enhanced it? Personally, for me, box mac and cheese has definitely been sort of like a gateway to the more advanced and actual mac and cheese, as it has throughout history, as we could see from its popularity in the Great Depression leading to where it is now, basically served in millions of places. On my mac and cheese journey, I should call it, I started out a little bit with Kraft mac and cheese because my dad would buy like huge boxes of it in bulk and I was kind of a picky eater back then so what was easier than just pouring some water and putting it in the microwave and boom you have a delicious dinner right there. Now I was a kid and like I said before I was a picky eater. So when I kind of expanded my horizons into actual mac and cheese that had like flavor, like actual flavor, I was shocked. I was like, no, this is, this is not what I want. And I ended up kind of disliking it for a little bit. But what I didn't realize back then was that in its nature, it's such a versatile food. I fully agree with you. It's just an incredibly versatile vehicle for whatever you want to put in it. Bacon truffles, lobster, whatever. You put any of that in mac and cheese and it's delicious. And personally, I think part of that perception of being able to do whatever you want to it is the fact that many people came to know mac and cheese through Kraft, uh, box mac and cheese or Annie's mac and cheese or Velveeta or whatever. Which isn't necessarily a bad thing, because once when you start to like more things, and you're like, wait a minute, I like this kind of cheese, or I like these kind of things in my mac and cheese. You, you don't have to buy things of cheddar to make mac and cheese. You can just open up a package, boil the pasta, butter and milk, and a little packet of cheese, mix it together, add whatever you want, and you've got your perfectly tailored mac and cheese. It's a little bit like when we talked about instant ramen. It's very basic. It's very cheap. It's, it's, it has this perception of being a very broke thing to eat. But there's so much stuff you can do with it. And there's such a variety of ways that you can 
customize it and personalize it. And I think a lot of that has to do with the fact that a lot of mac and cheese that we eat comes boxed. I think if it, it didn't come boxed and it was just in a recipe, we just follow the recipe, then it shouldn't be like, okay, great. <laughs> but since there's that convenience of, well, you just have to do like three things and it's done, that gives it that little push it needs to become a culinary delight. Yeah, and we still can't forget about like actual mac and cheese, like cooking it on the stovetop or the oven. It's still a really, really easy dish, which because of how versatile it is, you can easily make it a lot more fancier or keep it simple. No, I'd like to talk about one time where we actually made mac and cheese together, and that kind of really highlighted that sort of ease for us. We both just went to the store, picked whatever pasta and cheese and whatever ingredients we wanted, just found some random pots and pans to do it in, just threw some stuff together and didn't really plan anything. We just kind of did it like right on the spot. Like, of course, we boiled the water and did all the basic things you need to do. But after that was done, that was one of the best mac and cheeses I've had in so long. So even if you did want a step up from that box mac and cheese, you could still make an amazing dinner that almost everyone is going to absolutely love just because of how easy it is already. Box mac and cheese just takes it to a completely different level, so much so that it's kind of what made mac and cheese where it is today. But now that we are in the today for mac and cheese, it's definitely really important to mention how there's so much you could do to this one dish without even having to be like a chef or anything like that. Uh, by the way, uh, the photos and everything of the mac and cheese we made are going to be on Instagram after this releases, so be sure to check us out at Spoonable underscore standpoint. But okay, uh, enough plugging. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I fully agree with you. Mac and cheese is just such an easy thing to make, but when you make anything from scratch, it sounds daunting. Whenever you think of from scratch, you're like, oh, I have to spend like three hours back-breaking labor doing, to make this small little thing. But for mac and cheese it's just as simple as making it boxed. And it's pretty much the same process. You boil the pasta, you drain the water, you put cubes of cheese in, milk, uh, you put some salt, pepper, paprika, maybe a little bit of mustard, whatever you want to put in there. Mix it together, the cheese melts, boom, you've got it. That's just as easy as using the, uh, the powdered stuff. So I, I think in addition to making it easier to customize box mac and cheese causes people to start wanting to try to make from scratch mac and cheese and they realize oh it's the same process it's just as easy why have i not been doing this before so frankly i think that box mac and cheese is one of the best culinary inventions because it's very versatile and very cheap yeah ramen instant ramen is also very cheap much cheaper and very versatile, but I feel like with instant ramen, it's something that hasn't been a part of American culture for as long. Box mac and cheese has gone back to the Great Depression, and a lot of things from the Great Depression, <laughs> uh, or, or at least the things that 
were easy to make during the Great Depression are are things that we still make today because they're just easy to make no matter what recession you're in or whether you are in a recession. And also the thing with instant ramen is that it already comes with all the sort of flavor you need and when you buy it you're automatically getting like beef flavor chicken flavor i don't know vegetable flavor with dried vegetables or whatever else you put into it it's kind of like already done and there like you can't really do that much to it of course you can maybe add an egg or have it with some other vegetables boiled on the side but it's not really like mac and cheese where you can just make it from scratch just as easily. It sort of forces you to be creative with it, which has allowed all these different possibilities. And with all this talk about changing it and customizing it, it's still important to note that it still is doing really well because for many, it's a comfort food. It's, of course, also cheap and easy, but it's known as like the ultimate comfort food, not just mac and cheese in general, which still is, but craft mac and cheese. Studies actually show that the comfort in comfort foods sort of resonate with our feelings toward the person who we ate it with or who gave the food to us. So we seek comfort foods like mac and cheese and craft mac and cheese more sort of when we're feeling down and that kind of gives us a higher positive effect from having it like the nostalgia and all the memories of experiences that you had with it and kind of sort of eating it again especially after you've had it throughout your childhood and if it's a food that you really like even though if you were to try it for the first time as an adult you probably wouldn't like it it really is something that many people hold really close to them so mac and cheese definitely has something like that as well I know for me that's definitely the case but at the same time, I also am so willing to try and have tried like mac and cheese bars where they make you mac and cheese and you can pick whatever you want to put in it. And like mac and cheese dedicated restaurants where they can have a ton of different flavors of mac and cheese and everything. There's just so much you can do with it. And I think that because of that, it's also remarkable that it is something that unchanged is so powerful to many people. I fully agree. Mac and cheese is probably one of the most American comfort foods because it's everywhere. Like, <laughs> you go anywhere in the country, they're going to have some variation of mac and cheese, and no matter where you go, it's going to be delicious. I know for my sister, my, my sister's a very picky eater. She knows this. I can, don't, don't worry. I'm not just like, well, she's a little bit picky. She's very picky, and she knows this. She calls herself picky. Because she is. And one of the, her favorite things is the Panera mac and cheese. If you've never had Panera's mac and cheese, you need to try it. It's one of the most delicious things you'll ever have. We aren't sponsored by Panera, by the way. But Panera, if you want to, we'd be willing. But it's one of our favorite things. And it's one of my favorite things, too. But I was on YouTube maybe like two days ago. And I saw an ad for um, a sandwich... That was two pieces of bread, and in between was a fat stack of mac and cheese. And Panera now has that. Remember, I showed my sister, and her eyes just went widened. <laughs> I mean, I don't know what, I don't know any other food that if you made it into a sandwich, you'd be like, whoa. Like, that isn't already one, right? Like, instant ramen sandwich, 
that sounds kind of gross. If it's cooked, it's soggy and weird. If it's uncooked, it's probably way worse because you're like crunching into like dry. I can't even think about it. it. But it's such a comfort food that's, as we were saying before, is so versatile, which is why I want to ask this question. You said you were talking before about uh, mac and cheese bars and you were talking before about how customizable it is. What do you think the future of mac and cheese is going to look like in America? The future definitely requires us to think outside the box, literally. Think outside the craft mac and cheese box, which we already have been doing, but there are so many more things you can do with it. On top of the Panera mac and cheese sandwich, which thanks for introducing that to me, by the way, I'm definitely going to try it as soon as I can. On top of that, there are so many things you can put in mac and cheese, but also things, like you said, that you can put mac and cheese in. Like, I've seen recipes for mac and cheese waffles. Kraft is doing a mac and cheese flavored ice cream. People are even using the powder that comes with Kraft mac and cheese and using it in things like popcorn and things like that. But it really goes both ways here. There's all that you can do with it, and probably in some time you'll basically find every single possibility of what you could do with mac and cheese. You're probably going to find it somewhere, especially with social media. But the future is definitely also kind of in the past. People look back on the nostalgic craft mac and cheese because the original recipe and the original box has not really changed. Kraft themselves have made different varieties, like health-conscious mac and cheese aimed at parents for their kids, like white bean pasta and like cauliflower pasta. Again, isn't doing as well. I don't really see it much in supermarkets, but hey, the iconic blue box of Kraft mac and cheese, always there. Kraft is also making like a sort of deluxe mac and cheese where it's actual macaroni noodles and not hollow tubes of pasta. And they give you like a cheese sauce to put in that kind of coats it instead of that powder. Which I mean, it probably could be even better than the Kraft mac and cheese, like the original. But again, not doing as well because it's not what people are looking back to. So this is the one food where I think it could really go both ways. And that's something that's really astounding about this dish. Yeah, and I feel like it's very much to the test of time, especially boxed mac and cheese over the past few years it's it's been very well known that like the box mac and cheese is like not good for you obviously not good for you but like there are chemicals in the cheese that make it like really dangerous to some people's bodies i remember maybe i i, I was like 12 and my mom had just read something that i think it was annie's mac and cheese like, can make some men infertile because of a chemical that's in it. <laughs> so she would, like, start giving me, like, smaller portions and stuff. I don't know why I, rem- I, I remember that and not what I ate yesterday, but whatever. But even though it has this reputation of not being good for you at all, it might actually be very harmful, it's to the test of time. I know that Annie's has taken that chemical out. I'm not sure about Kraft. I wouldn't be surprised if they didn't. But not only is it versatile, but it's like, it's versatile to time. Uh, How is the exact same recipe from the Great Depression still one of the most popular foods in America now? That just is insane to me. But then again, it's 
Not very surprising because who doesn't love a good bowl of mac and cheese? So what is the key that makes mac and cheese so amazing? Obviously, it's the flavor and simplicity, but those only get a food so far. There are so many foods that could be more delicious than a mac and cheese, but aren't as mainstream popular in America. Maybe it's aggressive marketing, maybe it's nostalgia, but overall, what makes mac and cheese so amazing is that it's a different thing to everyone. Thank you for tuning into this week's episode of Spoonable Standpoint. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram at Spoonable underscore Standpoint for our latest updates, link to our website, and other bonus content. If you enjoyed this episode, don't forget to share it. We release a new episode every other Friday, and we hope to see you there.